0: Hey, today's podcast. Great podcast. We talk a little bit about what's coming uh, on the extinguishing of voices. Uh, Also, we tell you what's coming with the banking industry. We tell you what happened over the weekend in uh, in Canada with the trucking uh, protest really important including you know the part about canada burning books but nothing to see there <laughs>
1: nothing to see there yeah, don't worry about
0: it uh, blaze tv.com slash glenn is a place to go uh, for 10 bucks off your subscription to
1: blaze tv you can use the promo code glenn and don't forget glenn's new book.com will get you to the kindle right now for glenn's new book it's the only way you can really get it however we do expect an audiobook is that
0: this week you think glenn or hopefully, or hopefully yeah maybe have news on that tomorrow okay so don't miss that here's the podcast To the best of the Glenn Beck program, so there was something huge that happened in Canada. You might have missed it. Um, the Canadian truckers have had enough uh, of this COVID thing, they're in a car. Uh, you know, are in a cab of their truck and the they're forcing vaccine mandates on them. They've got to go through all kinds of things, including have a little vaccine uh, passport that we heard on Friday's uh, episode is a little bone chilling. Uh, you get a little, uh, you, you know, you you get a little digital passport, COVID passport, and uh, all you have to do is bring it someplace. And then they scanned the little code and you're in or you're out. Well. One of the truckers was telling us that he went to the uh, border coming out of the U.S. into Canada, and he held out his app so they could scan the QR code. And uh, the guy, the Border Patrol agent said, oh, we don't need that. We 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 get notified whenever you get X number of feet away from uh, the border. We know exactly who you are and all of the information. Oh, that's good. That's good uh so that doesn't sound too fascistic at all um Ezra Levant is is here this is a very controversial weekend for some and they have tried to twist this into these truckers being fascist and I don't even understand how you can make that unless you're just a country full of boobs and I know we are but I thought Canada might be a little better than that Ezra how did this play over the weekend?
1: It was amazing. I had the pleasure of being down there. It was about minus 22 degrees Celsius, which is Jeez. as cold as it sounds. Um, holy cow, did that normally that would just stop any public protest, but it was packed. I When I pulled into Ottawa, it was like I was at a city that won just the Stanley Cup playoffs or something. It was jubilant. It was festive. There were people on the streets honking horns, waving flags, literally spontaneously singing the Canadian anthem. So far from being negative fascists, these were democratic, patriotic, peace-loving, unity-focused Canadians. I want to tell you something about the Canadian trucking industry. For whatever reason, it's, uh, there's a huge number of Sikh Canadians who are truck drivers. You, you know, Sikhism, the, yeah, yeah. the religion from India. Mm-hmm. So it, it's visible minorities, it's new Canadians. To call those people racist, alt-right, it's just bizarre and laughable. And, and there's a lot of indigenous, like Métis and, and Indian truck drivers, too. So it's a very racially diverse industry. So when Trudeau trots out as normal, you're racist, you're sexist, it just it didn't really work as well. And here's one more thing about it, Glenn. There were I'm going to say between 50,000 and 100,000 people actually in the convoy. And by convoy, there was a bunch of convoys threading their way towards Ottawa from different parts of Canada. It wasn't just one long train. And along the road, I'm going to estimate, you had a million people, perhaps, waving and greeting from overpasses. It was so many that uh, traffic authorities turned off the traffic cams. You know, you can often see what a road is like by going online in the traffic cam. They turned those all off. Well, why is that? And then in the Ottawa area, they shut down bridges and roads, claiming it was for safety reasons. And now they, they yeah they
0: made it illegal all- for you to do that, right? You couldn't go on an overpass and stand there and wave.
1: Yeah, which is so obviously unconstitutional, but and uh, but more importantly, obviously has nothing to do with public health. This is just Venezuela-style tactics. Now, um, when I was in Ottawa yesterday, I was there for for about forty-eight hours. I'm back in Toronto now. Um, when I was leaving, I saw more and more police, and I and I recognized their uniforms. They're not just Ottawa police. There were at least four police forces. Um, from Toronto, from Dundas region, from uh, Durham region, region. Excuse me, um, Mounties. And I walked up to three of the groups. I said, "Where are you from? Why are you here? Who sent you here? What you, was your purpose?" And they actually sp- spoke with me, which surprised me. And um, they said, "We're here for backup." I'm here, backup for what? What, what are they planning? And, and they were standing, dressed in black from head to toe. Um, they weren't in some staging area. They weren't like waiting somewhere they were on the streets for intimidation there were snipers on the we also have video footage of snipers Mm. on the rooftops what's that about
0: well they did that they did that to me when we were in the mall in washington uh they had snipers up on the roof um and they said it was going to be violence and and everything else and of course there wasn't uh it is um it is it's sad to see this but really i think giving a lot of americans and I think people around the world, a lot of hope. I mean, how many people actually were there?
1: Well, it's tough to say. And then I don't think we're ever going to actually know because the people who would know, as I pointed out, they're shutting off the cameras, they're blocking the roads and highways and bridges. So they're they're trying to reduce the number and reduce the perception of the number. So I don't know if this is the kind of thing where, where you're able to actually trust the authorities. And I don't want to seem paranoid, but if they are literally <laughs> banning you from being on, on yeah. the side of the road, they don't want you to be part of this large movement. So you know, in Orwell, go
0: ahead. N- uh, no, 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 go ahead.
1: I was going to say in Orwell's book, 1984, there's a phrase, if there's any hope, it lies with the proles. That was his way of saying the working class the proletariat. And that's what I loved about this is it was the truckers. It wasn't the official opposition. It wasn't some public intellectuals. It wasn't, you know, some college of physicians and surgeons. It wasn't some celebrity. It was the least celebrity people in the world, truckers. And the idea that they have to be vaccinated to do their job is absurd. I mean, there's no more isolated job than a long haul trucker other than maybe a lighthouse keeper. So this was pure punishment. These are the folks who kept us fed for two years who... Who gave us our food and our medicine and our PPE and all that well, stuff? Well, they've already turned now,
0: against the nurses, and now they're doing the truckers. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they'll they'll literally bite the hand that uh, fed you. So Trudeau came out, called these guys fascists, racists, uh, and now hasn't he? Yesterday said, kind of, I'm doubling down uh, and and making these people pay.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, his uh, transportation uh, minister went on TV saying they're looking at making vaccine passports a requirement to go from province to province within our country. Uh, so, so that's Trudeau's way. I mean, remember, Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, was close friends with Fidel Castro. And uh, Trudeau Jr. is a super fan of, of the Castros and has been to Cuba. And remember, Trudeau, when he was running for office, said the country he most admires is communist China. And he specified why he said, quote, because of its basic dictatorship. He literally said those words. So he's very third worldish about this. He's very Hugo Chavez about this. Shut down the roads, have the police block the truckers. And then when they were all converging on Ottawa, he did the third world dictator move and he fled. (laughs) He fled. Who knows where? I mean, very, very Castro ish in his approach. He didn't come down like Donald Trump. Um, if it was a peaceful protest, he, he might have come down to engage them. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't run away bravely. Run away. I think Trudeau is going to be vengeful because this is the first challenge to him that is truly organic and truly authentic, and he can't buy it off. So,
0: how, how are Canada, people?
1: How are people in
0: Canada going to react to that? Is this
1: well? You- there's there's a great war on right now of two clashing narratives because, like I say, a million people have firsthand observations about the movement so they they know what they saw and they they will probably believe their own eyes but then you have the manufactured narrative mm-hmm. the government-run media trudeau state broadcaster that are saying "Oh, there was a nazi swastika flag and there was a picture of a swastika flag nowhere near the actual protests and Strangely enough, the people circulating the photo never bothered to say, well, who is this person? And I think it's quite likely that it was like a Ray Epps moment where someone said, well, look, we need to have some Reichstag fire. We need some Mm -hmm. excuse to vindicate our claims that this is uh, like the the, the most peaceful people you ever met. It was like a free love kind of It people going truck to truck, giving hot coffee, giving food like it was. There were protesters going around picking up garbage. You it know, is, It is for hiding.
0: the most part, the same kind of people that are down here that listen to us. They are good, decent, honorable people uh, that have really kind of had enough. Uh, and that's not going to change them. They're just not going to take it anymore. They're not going to sit here and, and just uh, be bumps on the log. They want their voices to be heard. Um, there, There is this... Um, uh, nazi flag there was also a i think a confederate flag which must make no sense in canada but um yeah. and there is video of the legitimate protesters going up to that guy going why are you even here nobody was in a mask yeah. he was in a mask yeah why yeah. are you even here just yeah. go this is not your rally yeah. and he did leave
1: yeah well and that's the thing i mean i, I don't want to get into u.s civil war politics it's not my area of expertise it has nothing to do with canada we just simply aren't that's not part of our story one way or the other that is a media symbol and and i think that you saw two agents provocateurs and i think one of the reasons for that is it's such a powerful grassroots moment it's like the yellow vests a few years ago that mm-hmm. came out of france and electrified the world again it was uncontrolled by authorities it was grassroots it was a uh, blue collar same thing with the truckers i see now there's a trucker convoy in australia I see there's truckers in uh, the Netherlands. So this trucker idea is catching on. This has to be killed in the cradle before it's spreads. Let me give you one more measurement. This trucking convoy had a GoFundMe page. Last I checked, they had raised like $8 bucks, And all these government types were trying to get it canceled and deplatformed. I don't think they succeeded in the end. But just for one second, realize what $8 million is. Canada is one-tenth the size of America in terms of population. So that would be like $80 million in crowdfunding, probably the largest crowdfunding in Canadian history. Like, imagine mm-hmm. if you had $80 million bucks. So even if they didn't get the money, Glenn, that shows you how deep and wide the support is. That's what they're afraid of. Because for the last two years, you've had a total system failure in Canada. The official opposition has not opposed. The judges have not been a check and balance. Not a single court case has gone against the lockdowns. Uh, the media party, completely complicit. The colleges of physicians and surgeons have suspended doctors who give out exemptions. Uh, the chambers of commerce have bent the knee. There has been no institution. Every single... At least you've got Ron DeSantis and, and the governor of Texas and, and mm-hmm. the governor of South Dakota. You've got, you've got some opposition. You even have a few Democrats who are saying this has gone too far. But in Canada, every single government and every single opposition are lockdownists. So you've had a total system failure. And what you're seeing in this trucking convoy is a grassroots movement saying, well, we're not represented by anyone else. Here's someone doing something tangible and concrete. So is this,
0: So, so let I, me ask you one last question, because I've got to run, right? I've got a network break. But um, it, it, are you seeing non-conservatives involved in this? Huge,
1: huge. I, you know what? So many young women, I think they're worried about, vaccine side effects so many people who said well hey i used to be against big pharma where is my left-wing party supporting them hey i used to be my body my choice why are all the socialists in favor of government i used to be for privacy i like all these folks who used to be represented on the left they're sort of the rfk junior model Mm -hmm. of liberalism and they're saying where is the left the left has abandoned me you know what i'd say a third of our viewers are rebel news these days two years ago they'd call themselves liberals and trudeau voters Wow, that's remarkable. Oh, a totally
0: new coalition. Um, totally new coalition. It's against the bully state. Yeah, it's I think it's happening here as well. It's happening all over the country. We're finding ourselves with strange bedfellows, but really not so strange once we get to know each other, because those people have always believed in the Bill of Rights and we have always believed in the Bill of Rights. Yes. Um, yes. <clears throat> Ezra, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Ezra Levant. He is um, <clears throat> he is the man. Uh, at Rebel News, and Rebel News is the man, if you will, uh, for news up in Canada. And they've come under tremendous amounts of pressure, and they remain standing. They are the, the blaze of Canada, if you will. We have a lot in common with them. This is the best of the Glenbeck program. This is the Glenbeck program. I want to talk to you about our changing culture and um, the fascistic side of our culture. First of all, when Donald Trump uh, said, you know, maybe somebody should monitor or some government should uh, uh, look at all the license of these uh, media companies, everybody screamed, including me from high heaven. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's bad. But the media cared and they called him a fascist. Well, if he would have done anything like that, I guess you could say that's fascistic. The problem here is the left does not have a problem with fascism. As long as it's them that are in charge. They are getting so bold and uh, so out of step with the American people. It's a little frightening. What do they know that we don't know? Well, I think one of the things that they, they think about us, they learned from our COVID response, they can get a lot of people to do exactly what they want. And unreasonable things. Truly, we are now in the category of unreasonable. What is the fight over Spotify really about? It is about Joe Rogan. And it is about misinformation, but really the fight is about, can somebody even as powerful now as Joe Rogan, somebody who a company is paying $100 million over five years to, and somebody who has 10 times the audience of Fox and CNN, 10 times the audience, Probably about eight times the audience of any show on the networks. Can he be allowed to speak? The answer is no. And now the federal government got involved uh, over the weekend with a surgeon general. And the surgeon general said, you know, these places like Spotify, they just haven't done enough. Bend the knee. That is fascism. When governments control corporations, what they can and cannot do without owning them. That's fascism. When the government can tell you what you can and cannot say, that's fascism. Unfortunately, we have a very, uh, we, we've done a poor job in teaching people what fascism is. So everything is a fascist. It's not. It's not. But there are very clear uh, signs of fascism that if you do these things, you are indeed no judgment. I mean, yes, judgment, because we know what fascism is. But in the old days, no judgment. Yeah, I'm a fascist. Benito Mussolini, they loved it. The left loved him. They still love him. People sometimes even love, you know, who lived under Mussolini because the trains ran on time. He fixed things. And a lot of people are willing to live like that. Well, in America, we have always thought that that was wrong. But that's where we are now. We used to see things as clearly wrong. But now. There's a new spin on things. Remember, they didn't come in jack-booted, you know, these jack-booted thugs didn't come in the black uniforms and everybody go, oh my gosh, look at those uniforms. They're so clearly evil. Star Wars, stormtroopers. Those were modeled after the stormtroopers of Nazi Germany. That's why it's black and red and all of that stuff. But back in the 1930s, Hugo Boss was the one that designed those uniforms hugo boss they weren't designed to look scary they were designed to look sharp evil always morphs and tries to trick you and many of our people i mean let me give you a let me give you this would you clearly would you know a fascist if they said let's go into the library and burn all the books I mean, that is the easiest definition of fascism, is it not? I feel like they usually do it outside the library. But that's (laughs) about the only difference in a big pile in front of a government building, typically. Did you know that two years ago, two years ago, Canada uh, really was operating with a crystal ball, if any of us would have seen, of what's coming our way? Two years ago in Ontario... Over 4,700 children's books were removed from school libraries, more than 30 school libraries. That's bad enough. But then the school board decided to burn them in a, quote, flame purification ceremony. This is what they said. We bury the ashes of racism, discrimination, and stereotypes in the hopes that we will grow up in an inclusive country where all can live in prosperity and security. So on one end, they are literally in Canada burning books in a ceremony. Here in America, we don't have the flame purification But we have diversity auditors, and it's happening in libraries all over the country. Libraries in America have been auditing their collections for diversity and inclusion, and one of the audits in 2018 from Loyola concluded that its collection was totally deficient in LGBTQ plus topics. That's fine. You want to add things? That's fine. Bard College, Liberal Arts College in upstate New York, its Office of Inclusive Excellence, that's what it's called, has hired three students to comb through 400,000 books in their college library, evaluating each book for its representation of race, ethnicity, uh, gender, and religion. They call this the first step in, quote, the process of decanonizing the stacks. America. You don't have to have a Ph.D. You don't have to be a deep thinker to realize this is not good. Now, America is fighting back on this culture war. You're fighting back, and it is making a difference. Even though in Virginia you got to feel beat up by Loudoun County, they're still fighting you. They're still fighting you. Don't give up. It's happening everywhere. Diversity auditing is another dangerous front in the culture war. Maybe it's time that you contact your alma mater if you went to college. Let them know you're taking your donation elsewhere if they're doing any of this stuff. Money doesn't talk, it screams. That's why they're going after Joe Rogan. If you can get a company to walk away from a $100 million investment or screw with their $100 million investment, that screams to everyone else, you better play ball because we just had them screw up a $100 million investment. What do you think we can do to you? This is really truly what ESG scores are about and ESG scores cannot just become about oil and gas because that's just the E S is social justice. G is governance that in that is our entire life and in China Chinese government has its own moral standards. And they are silencing dangerous people. Do you know what that means? Do you know that you're not allowed to leave your house in China without your phone? If you leave your house without your phone, this should tell you everything about your phone. Do you leave your phone open where you're talking as a couple, where you leave it next to your bedstand? Where is that listening device? Where is that? In China, if you leave without your phone, facial recognition on the streets finds you and the cops stop you and say, go back and get your phone. When you're approaching somebody, have you ever heard the um, uh, the uh, what is it? The kidnapping alert, the amber alert Alert, ever heard the amber alert on your phone? Ah, ah, ah. That's what happens to your phone when you approach someone who has a low social score, this is this is everything the left has dreamt of and so much more from Saul Alinsky. You isolate people. We are headed in that direction, and this is not some futuristic talk. The technology exists Today. All it requires is for a people to go into a panic for some reason or another like we did for COVID. Once you go into that panic, you lose all reason and faith. And as they themselves say, never let a good crisis go to waste. Because in a big good crisis, we can change everything and people will accept it. What's happening with Joe Rogan is not about COVID. It is about the next emergency. I believe the next emergency is going to be about the Great Reset and the economy. And they will come after voices and shut us down immediately. It is so critical that you do your own homework, that you strengthen your courage muscle And you ask yourself, can I even sing the national anthem? Am I part of the home of the free, the brave? Are we brave? Are you brave? What does that even mean? Doesn't mean it with a gun on a battlefield. It starts at home. It starts in your community. It starts with you being curious and not listening to all the so-called elites because the elites are taking us someplace you don't want to go. If you did, they'd be open about all of it and they'd be saying, yeah, the great reset is absolutely real and here's what it is and come join us in our meetings. Watch everything. Listen to everything. I'll answer any question because it's great. That's not what they're doing. Why? Because they know you won't want to go there. If you haven't gotten the Kindle book yet, it is the only way to get it right now. I know it is online. The audio book, hopefully I'll have news on that tomorrow. It could be maybe tomorrow that it is available. But please read The Great Reset. You can find it at glensnewbook.com. And don't miss an episode of this show. It is really important. We're going to be talking about things that nobody else is talking about that will become more and more important in your life in the future. And I am not sure uh, that it will be prudent, wise, or even um, uh, possible to tell you these things in the future. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening with Joe Rogan. Let's start at the First Amendment. What is the First Amendment? Can you name the five freedoms that are guaranteed just in the First Amendment. Here's the first one. Congress would make shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. What does that even mean? The establishment of religion. It doesn't say that you have a right to be free from a religion. Remember, the Bill of Rights are your rights. And it's telling the government what they Cannot do, not what you can't do, but what government cannot do. So the first one is part one out of five is it shall make no law, no law respecting uh, an establishment of religion. So they can't force you to do one religion or another. Now, may I suggest that wokeism is a religion? I don't know about you, but I'm wide awake and proudly not woke. And I am not woke because I'm wide awake. You cannot force people in a religion, a set of beliefs, and then say you can't participate in government things. Can't do it. Part two, you cannot prohibit the free exercise of religion. So I can't tell those wokest or those Satanists, you can't do that. I cannot abridge freedom of speech. If I'm the government, I cannot abridge freedom of speech. What does, what is an abridgment, Stu? What does that mean? Because it doesn't mean, I mean, it's so clear here that they didn't think that anyone would stop all speech they all knew what does abridging mean um the cur- curtailment of rights in uh, in law and of course the very f- gosh the very helpful definition of the action of abridging a text Yeah. Abridging (laughs) a text, if you're abridging a text, it means you're condensing. Yeah. You're summarizing or you're you're cutting things out. Audiobooks all the time. This is the unabridged version. Right. Yeah. Okay. So abridging means you're cutting some things out that you don't think. That's where the dot, dot, dot comes in. Okay. Um, The government can only not stop you from speaking, cannot curtail those rights. They can't say abridge. So in other words, Joe Rogan can... Joe Rogan can be on, but not those things. Can't do it. Can't. You cannot abridge the freedom of the press, nor the right of the people to peacefully assemble. So they're not, are they? They're just making it scary for you to assemble, and they can't stop you from petitioning the government for a redress of grievances. So you know what? You guys suck right now in Washington, and I'd like some answers. They're supposed to provide them. They're not supposed to stop us, but are they providing? Are they living up to any of these? They are currently members of the religion of wokeness, and they are passing laws right now and helping establish this religion that puts them and the government as God. They will decide. They will issue rights. And when it comes to Joe Rogan and uh, freedom of speech and Spotify, you can say that the you can say that all of these uh, uh, social media platforms are doing it on their own, but you know they're not. You know they're not. And we know for sure because the Surgeon General came out this week or last week and said. You know these media companies are not doing enough, and this is really harming things. This is harming people's health. We got to people like Spotify and Joe Rogan; they got to address that. So now you're getting pressure from the government. They can handle Neil Young, but now you're getting pressure from the government. When the government starts to pressure you, you have a big choice to make, and is it worth losing their business? Being regulated out of business, just being on the receiving end of, well, if you're in bed with the big banks, you know, I can't continue your revolving loan because you're exhibiting risky behavior. I don't know what that's going to do. You have Joe Rogan that could blow the whole thing up. And we as a bank, we don't think that that's safe. So we can't give you that revolving loan now to be able to pay your payroll this month. That's a huge deal. And this is government abridging freedom of speech. And I want you to know, I am consistent on this. I don't want any of the ladies on The View to ever lose their job other than because people think they suck and they have no ratings. That's fine. But lose their job because the mob rises up? No, that's not America. We don't limit speech, more speech, not less, more questions. You know, I really think it's important that people understand when Jesus said, come to me as a child. What is the main trait of a child? you could say innocence. But always questioning why. Why is it like this? Why does the sun come up in the morning? Why is the sky blue? All of those obnoxious questions, I think they're kind of obnoxious to remind us what kids are like because that's the way we're supposed to be. And they're honest questions. They're not setting you up for a trap. Your kids are not like, why is the sky blue? Aha! You told me yesterday... That the light spectrum, they don't do that. They're not setting you up for stuff. It's an honest question. Why? It's a simple, honest question. Honest questions, honest questions are the most important. I contend that's what Joe Rogan does. He asks honest questions. Now, if he wanted, literally wanted to have the other side on, He can choose to do that. And I don't fault him for that. There is a case to be made. If I'm going to talk to this guy for three hours, I at least want to spend 10 minutes at the end going, what did this guy get wrong? But that's not what Joe Rogan does. Now, he's choosing to have somebody on that disagrees. Okay, well, that changes your show. And if that's from you and not the government or you not pressure, that's great. And I give Joe Rogan the benefit of the doubt. And I also give Joe Rogan uh, a lot of slack because where does he go? It's one thing to say, stand up, be a hero. But he is literally out unless he builds his own thing. And believe me, that's not easier than it was 10 years ago but not easy because remember he took himself off youtube do you think youtube's going to put him back on not a chance if spotify leaves him where's he going to go he's got to develop his audience right now he's got to drag it to where and believe me big tech won't direct you there The question Joe Rogan has to be asking himself is, can I compromise without selling out? Because if I don't compromise, they may get rid of me and I have no place to go except Joe Rogan dot com. But I have I will lose the millions of people that have been following because he went the opposite direction. He went from the biggest stage, which is free everywhere to behind a paywall, Spotify. And there's a lot of people that listen to him there. But he's not available now anyplace else. Anybody who is in this business at all podcasting. You put yourself everywhere. Be ubiquitous as much as possible. Because you have to be able to shift when the sands are shifting. And know that I think all of us are going to live in a world where we are balancing a few things. I shall never say the things that I do not believe. But there are many things that I believe that I will never say and many things that I believe that I will. And the one thing I'm sure of. I will never, ever say the things that I don't believe. If I don't believe it, I won't say it. Now, how do you balance that every day with not to speak is to speak, not to stand is to stand. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Many things I believe I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. How do you balance those? Because that is the job of a broadcaster like Joe Rogan. That is our job every day. To be able to communicate with you is going to get harder and harder as we go along. And those lines are going to become coming to you. Because once they get rid of the Joe Rogans or the voices they disagree with, you're next. They have to teach you. That's why they're going after Rogan. Because Rogan is in the spotlight right now. He is at the tip of the spear. They go and wipe you out, do everything they can, because if they can wipe you out, it teaches all of the other fish that are in other ponds don't screw with us. So now the petition the right to petition the government for redress of grievances and the right of the people to peacefully assemble. I think we have grievances just on this. And we have ways to assemble without even being physically there. Where is, where are the attorneys? Where are the broadcasters? Where are the people that care about freedom of speech? When you have the government doing what you claimed Donald Trump was being fascistic. Actually, knowingly in bed, knowingly admitting that they advise big tech on who should be removed and who shouldn't be now coming out with a surgeon general saying we need to look at this, what Spotify is doing. That is chilling speech.